Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 93 of Confessions of a Market Maker. I'm your co-host, Ray, a.k.a. All Day Ray, a.k.a. Daddy Warbucks, and I'm joined here by my dapper co-host, former market maker, 20 years and current day retail trader, a man some people are now calling a creative genius. The candlestick charts he's creative have been deemed classic works of art. The man who can make a phone call that would end world poverty. JJ, how's it going, man? Good, brother. That's, that's quite an intro. Holy man, you, uh, yeah, you firing on all cylinders this morning. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing good, man. I mean, JJ, I mean, uh, I gotta, I gotta live up to your reputation, man. Like, I, I feel, I feel obliged. Um, but yeah, man, we're, we're coming off a, uh, a fun podcast we did with Tim Gratani. You know, it was funny too, JJ. Um, I didn't bring it up to him, but some people like, you know, when we're prepping for it, some people are calling him like one of the, like the best retail trader of all time. Like, I, you know, I don't know whether or not he is or not, but, um, definitely great track record. Um, oh, yeah. very humble guy too, you know, uh, humble, gracious, smart, um, yeah, I was I was impressed with his humil- his humility. Uh, yeah, for sure, and and I thought it was neat too because he he had you know his early day success was those OTC stocks, um, <laughs> which most people get burnt on, right? Or and especially you know obviously you have experience on the other side of doing it um, to trap in retail traders. So I thought it was interesting from that aspect. What did you take away? No, I think you know it's it's pretty funny that the deal that he made his first hit on was. A promotion, you know, done by a group of guys that I had actually trained. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and and I'm I'm glad that he, out of out of the I don't know probably five or six billion dollars that those clowns stole out of retail people's pockets, um, you know, over a four year period, I'm glad that he was actually one of the ones who profited, you know, because those guys laid a they they laid a trail of destruction that. Um, you know, I would just be sitting there watching these deals going, oh, my God, I, I just created like a virus that spread through the financial community by teaching these guys things. And they just went and used it like for like the most evil purpose in the world, you know, which is I mean, that's finance. Right. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm just glad to see that somebody made money off of their deals. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. by getting on and getting on the right side of it and. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something you've, since we've started this podcast, um, you've preached of, you know, uh, you know, especially me, like I think back to my early days of learning when we started all this was, okay, let's get on the right side. Like what's the big money doing or what's, you know, the person, uh, you know, maybe manipulating this stuff. Like what is his intention? What's the agenda? Um, what's the narrative? And it seems like that's something he was picking up on, like in his early days. Um, yeah, no, he got, he got it. You know, it, 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 he was lucky that, um, you know, wherever he learned his craft was good. And he was also, I think the one thing about him is, you know, his ability to admit when he's wrong, which is mm-hmm. a hard thing for a lot of traders to, to deal with, sure. um, especially retail traders, because, you know, when you start on a trade desk, you're, you're pretty much, you know, you're basically whale poop on a, uh, on an iceberg. You're, you're not treated like, you know, you're just, you're like, hey, idiot, go get me a coffee, hey, idiot. You know, that's how they talk to you. So you don't get an inflated ego, right? Yeah. But in retail trading, it's it's very hard. You're sitting in a room by yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you don't have, you know, 
you know, you start taking trades. And there are a lot of things people will do when they're, you know, by themselves. If they were on a trade desk, you'd, you'd get a shot in the head, you know. They'd go, like, what are you high? What are you thinking? Why are you doing that, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, and that doesn't exist. So it's, it's very harder because there's no checks and balances. You have to check and balance yourself. And, you know, that's, that's a hard thing, you know. I've always said retail is the hardest thing I've ever done because you can't cheat. Mm. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It takes a lot of a lot of different skill sets um, yeah. if, if you really think about it. Uh, JJ, you also you also had a chance to – you were a guest, um, not on a podcast, but a Twitter space, mm-hmm. which uh, they seem very popular. Um, Michael uh, Gayed, we had him on the podcast earlier this yeah. year. A uh, very smart guy. Um, I enjoyed listening to it very much. Um, how'd, you, how'd you like that experience? Oh, I loved it. He's he's a great guy. I, you know, it's it's. Um, and there were some good questions on there. Um, you know, it's nice to. Uh, I I really like being because it's been a while for me. You know, being around professionals. Um, and it's it's you know it's kind of like guys like that are the guys that I kind of grew up with mm-hmm. uh, in the industry. So I feel you know very much at home with them. You know. Um, you kind of, you kind of know what they're going through. They know, you know, so it, it's, it's kind of nice, you know, it's very, you know, and he's got some great people on there who ask questions and he's a sharp dude too. So, you know, it was, it was a pleasure being, uh, being with him. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Great. Listen, um, for, for the listeners, if you guys missed that, um, go, go back and listen to it. Michael Gayette. I know he archives the. Mm-hmm. Um, the in podcast form now they're, they're originally Twitter spaces, but I'm pretty sure he archives them, uh, was, was just a good, a good discussion just on, um, you know, you guys were talking in this is stuff you, you've been talking about for a while now, JJ, but that, uh, big money, not getting the use, um, you know, explaining maybe some of this movements while we'll have days where we're just like ripping and people are just like confused because we're supposed to be in a bear market, but you know, he goes oh. over all those things. I think it's a great yeah. conversation. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, he's, it's nice to get that perspective. And, and it's also nice to talk to a money manager and hear what they're thinking. Because we have all these theories about what they're up to. So it's it's kind of nice for him to like, I mean, are you guys thinking this? And he'll go, yeah, no. Or you're, he'll go, yeah, we are thinking this. Or, you know, you're out in left field. And uh, it's always nice to have yeah. that as a resource. Yeah, I, I mean, and it seems like you were pretty, you've been pretty spot on. Um at least some of the things you were saying, and he was concurring with you um, on a lot of those points. So that's that, that was cool to see. Um, all right, listeners, JJ and myself are helping people get funded through Apex and Top Step Futures. If you pass their evaluation, you can get funded to trade up to 100K or more. You're going to get JJ supporting your attempts to pass the evaluation, plus a live trading room with members who are already funded to assist those in their efforts to pass the evaluation. Join a supportive and professional community of traders at microefutures.com. Uh, JJ, so this is, my, this is our first time mentioning this on the podcast. I, Pretty neat deal we got going on here, huh? It, it's I really like these funded trader programs. Um, you know, Apex and Top Step have been good to the members of our room. And, you know, it allows people. One thing it does is it, it enforces discipline. The other thing is, you know, you're trading with OPM, other people's money, which is always very nice, you know, and, uh, you know, it's it's a great way to start developing. We've had one guy now, he trades a bunch of these accounts, you know, and he's, you know, he's a six-figure trader, you know, he's making 
five, six figures every month. Um, you know, we had one of our guys who just, you know, did his first $30,000 month. Um, you know, and it's, we've helped 200 people pass these evaluations and get funded. It's, it's really nice. It's very rewarding. And, uh, you know, it's, of course, it's not easy, but, uh, you know, with discipline and, 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 and putting in the work, uh, this takes some of the pressure off you where you don't have to go get a mortgage against your house to open a trading account, you know, um, you know, which I don't recommend, right? I do not recommend doing that. Uh, you know, trading takes a long time and this enables you to learn. And uh, these programs along with our room, not to be advertorial, but, um, you know, we keep the cost low. So people, you know, because we know people are going to take time to learn. So, you know, this way they can do so without having that financial burden over their head, which really affects your trading performance. It sure does. I don't think that, that um, can be overstated at all. So getting getting into market talk here, JJ, today is September 21st, um, Fed Day. So we're speaking before um, <laughs> what, 2 p.m. Eastern, I believe. Yep probably talking um you know jj i don't know if i should feel bad or not about this but like i mean i could care less honestly <laughs> um well you know well for for price action i do care oh yeah you know because yeah. obviously it affects price action but I, I don't know half of the shit they're talking about or what it even means um, you know <laughs> and perhaps and perhaps it's better that way right you know for for us because we are pure price action i had a big debate about this with somebody in the room today because uh, it, at London, you know, before the London Open, inventory corrected, and it ap- actually corrected right down to the tick to one of my levels at 38.65 and bounced off that, and I took the long. And somebody was like, well, it's because Putin said this, and I go, listen, man, inventory corrected, and we took the counter inventory trade because we missed the short, and they know it was a 10-point trade, right? I don't care what Putin said. I don't, you know, I don't mean to sound callous. I know that there's a war, and it's all very serious and heavy, and you know, but as a trader, all I care about, you know, it's like I'm crossing the street. If I'm looking at the traffic two streets over, I'm going to get hit by a car, you know. So news and all of these sorts of things, you know, now the FOMC is not a news thing. It's it's an economic event, mm-hmm. which, you know, weigh, it has a lot more weight. But even myself, if I'm trading a million-dollar account or a $5,000 account, I am not going to be trading when he's talking at 2 o'clock, right? That's all it means for me, right? And it means kind of choppy and crappy price action up until the time he starts talking, right? So it's basically FOMC for me is a day off, right? I'm not a macro guy. I mean, I read the Wall Street Journal and Bloomberg, but I don't profess to know what's going to happen with rates and yields and you know, and LIBOR and all of this sort of stuff and the TED spread. I don't, you know, I, I don't concern myself with that. I like to know what's going on in markets, you know, uh, but um, I, I don't dive too deep into it, you know, because I'm flat every night before, you know, before the market closes. Yeah. Uh, easier, easier way to sleep. That way. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I always, and I'm pretty sure I've said this plenty of times on the podcast, but I, um, I always thought it was like real neat. Um, I haven't read the book, but I've read snippets of it. It's called Super Forecasting, I believe it's called. Oh, okay. um, and then I, I read a, um, a, you know, one of one of the award-winning psychologists, Daniel uh, Kahneman. Yeah, he had a book as well. And, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and they just talk about how um, 
and and even your boy Michael Gayed, the the space you went on, and when we had him on the podcast, and I'm pretty for, sure I even we me and him talked about this. Um, that humans are so bad at prediction, JJ, like that oh. that the future is essentially uh, you can't predict the future. Um, and so, you know, trying to trade these things, I, I, it's probably foolish. You know what I mean? And maybe there's well, people out there that can do it. I, I don't know, you know, but you know, it's definitely the here's harder the way. Thing. You know, even big fund managers and stuff like that, they will kind of, you know, they'll kind of go risk off. They're not going to load the boat with risk before a Fed announcement or anything like that. You know, they have their, their areas where they're going to be, um, you know, executing, you know, they're trying to build a position or get rid of a position, that kind of thing. But yeah, no, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, all of that sort of thing, I'll, I'll leave to the fund managers. You know, they're the ones who go and, you know, and, you know, they've got a team of analysts working for them. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a prediction guy. The only time I can predict when something's happening is when I control all the stock. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> right. And we're talking. And even then it's hard. You know, even then, even then it's hard. Well, like, you, yeah, you know, yeah. we're, we're talking as, as retail traders. Yeah. Here, you know what I mean? So I, the other thing is you have to have the account. Like if you're trying to build a long-term outlook and especially if you're trading like futures, you've got to have the capital to put up the money yeah. to hold those positions and know how to manage the risk around those positions. Uh, right. right. So that's not for everyone. It's no, it's not. And, you know, you know, you, you was mentioning like the hedge fund, like they, they got a whole team of people. Uh, yeah. They got a ton of capital. Uh, maybe they're privy to some knowledge. I'm sure they're privy to some knowledge that we're not privy to. Yes. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. We won't, you know, really go down that tinfoil hat road. Right. But, so it's but, a whole different yeah. game. It's a whole it's different a, ball game they're playing. Oh, yeah. That's different. You know, it's 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 like I tell people, I mean. Am I going to be playing middle linebacker for the Bears on Sunday? Probably not. So should I be trading like a you know like Steve Cohen tomorrow? Probably not. You know he's got thirty years of experience and you know ten billion dollars in assets under management, for example. Right? It's a it's a different game. You know, um, a lot of people have trouble trading their skill level. Right? You know, admitting that you're at you know level one, level two, and there's nothing that can humble you more than a market, you know, and tell you you're not at the skill level that you think you are. Mm. You know, that happens quick, you know. Yeah. It's happened to me, you know, definitely. You know, it's one of those things that happen pretty quick. You get humbled pretty quickly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've all been there. Um, yeah. You know, JJ, if the Bears keep playing the way they played on Sunday, they actually might be giving you a phone call. <laughs> really, that bad? Oh, yeah, man. yeah. I think uh, uh, Nick's Hakeem Nix has showed him some uh, tape from Regina. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's funny. It, it's, speaking of the Bears, not the not the sidebar of this, but um, you know, they, they the players announce like where they're from, like college, and he always he always says Saskatchewan. Or uh, or uh, is that the college? Whatever, wherever he played, he says yeah, it. Yeah, like, University of Regina Rams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says that he'd be like Hakeem Nix, uh, Regina. I'm like, oh shit, okay. JJ was yeah, he, yeah. He's he's the pride. He's the pride of the Regina Rams. That's for sure. That's cool. That's cool. So, um, JJ, I can't I can't remember exactly where we were on the spy the last market update podcast we did, but uh, if if I'm Am remembering correctly, I think we were missed kind of like those like four or five days where we were, you know, moving upward, trending up a little bit. We pulled back a little, you know, pulled back some. Mm -hmm. um, what have your observations been? Anything new, really? 
it's it's been a momentum traders market brother mm-hmm. you know um and it it's just going to be that way um i think it's going to be a volatile fall you know i th- i think it's going to be a volatile fall and um you know i think people are it, it's hard for people to change and and trade when markets change up and so that's that's what we keep you know pushing people to like okay you know you think that this is going to happen but is the market confirming what you're saying right and if it's not you know one one of the hardest things i've had to do is trade against my bias that took me years to figure out how to do because i'd be biased and then if the market's telling you that your bias is not working you got to trade against that and um for some people that's very very hard to do i i knew for myself it was it was hard to to learn how to do that um you know and and with these ranges especially with the yes you really cannot afford to be wrong uh you know because when when the thing trades from you know 3850 all the way up to 3925 in one day man it can get ugly real quick you know? yeah and yeah. then back down the next day you know it's like a penny stock with huge ranges and he- bigger players yeah well one thing i've been um doing a little bit more recently is like starting, like starting with a smaller size, um, you know, kind of putting like a, a feeler on and then adding in if like my thesis is correct. Yeah, um, exactly. Because if you, you're, if you're going in full right away and you're wrong, you know, it, <laughs> Ouch. It, yeah, it, it can, it, it can hurt. Well, that's what pro traders do. They manage their risk with size. Yeah. yeah right. Exactly. Which is, you know, which is the, this is, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing as a professional. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that's been an area I've been, I guess, adjusting slash working on too as well. And w- which I kind of like, uh, getting a little more comfortable doing it. Um, another thing I've been doing JJ, um, and you got to tell me how, you know, you've been handling this or the, the trader, the, you know, the good traders in the room are, um, I, I've been learning to trade the edges a little bit better. Um, cause you know, we'll get these like economic events, um, or, you know, whatever else, you know, news catalyst we got during the week, but it's creating for like a lot of choppy price action during the day. And so like, I, I more prefer, you know, shorting these breakouts or like these breakdowns or whatever, but just not really getting much of them popping up. And so kind of had to, you know, adjust a little bit, or maybe I had this play to my playbook of trading a little bit more of the edges. Um, What what, what have you guys been doing? Uh, The same, really, really taking less trades uh, and, you know, the A plus setup, um, you know, which I learned from the equity room with you guys. Cause when, you know, when I started retail trading and people would say, what's your setup? And I'm like, um, you know, the FBI agent posing as a fund manager, that's my favorite setup. Um, I was like, what do you mean setup? You don't get away from me. What are you a narc? Um, you know, so now I, because retail pay traders have these setups. And yeah. so I, I learned how to think like that. Is this a trade that statistically over a period of time proved itself to be good given the order flow? And and that it took me a lot of discipline to, to learn that and, and now to try and teach that to people. So they're not just trading kind of blindly. You know, it's, it's like they got a blindfold on and they're trying to hit the punching bag. Um, so, yeah, definitely focusing on those A-plus setups. Or it it takes a while and it f- takes a while to figure out what those A plus setups are and if they work for you, mm-hmm. like for you. Right. So yeah, we've been, uh, I've been telling people to size down when they don't 
you know, especially if they can't figure out what the hell's going on, um, size down, don't board them trade and, and really try and trade from the edges. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I like the, the one thing I do like, um, you know, maybe I'm not getting like as big as gains, you know, trading the edges of the range, but, uh, I want to say a lot, a lot of times it's more probable, right? Like, okay, it, it, we're going to reject here. You know, it's a high probability you take, you know, take what you can get off of it and, you know, live to see another trade. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just, just adding that. And which is good. I think just, you know, adding like, we're talking about playbook, you know, okay. Now I got a new play for my playbook. Um, when we get into conditions like that and you know, it's good. We just, we just keep adding as we go along. Yeah, um, and get in different conditions. And, and also, learning when not to trade is one of the hardest things. It right. Sure is, man. You know, so I'm, you know, I'm sitting here like we're talking about today, right? The the FOMC day, yeah. um, and I'm sitting here twiddling my thumbs. Yep. Uh, just staring at the screen, and it's like, I think that's probably one of the things that eats at me. JJ just sitting here doing nothing. Oh, and doing nothing, and I'm like sitting, sitting, and not trading is the hardest thing for retail traders. Because most people get into retail trading because they want to, you know, they're, they're self-starters, they're type A personality people, they want to take their, you know, they want to take the future in their hands and all of that. And for you to sit there and not do anything um, is hard, is really, really hard. And like, that's why, that's one thing I like about living in London, because I get to trade that London Open and that Globex and make some money before, like today, like, I'm not going to trade now. You know, I made my money before the RTH open um, and I'm, I'm content to just kind of chill and, and, you know, and wait till that, you know, the, the craziness subsides. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know? It's, it's, uh, it's vital. It's very, because oh, yeah. the, the boredom trading now just drain, you know, drain, slow leak the account. Yeah, oh God. Yeah. It's, it's, it's horrendous. You know, like you go long, you get stopped out, you go short, you get stopped out. And then, you know, people turn around and then they start getting mad and they start revenge trading and, Oh my God, then that just nothing good comes from that. Yeah. 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 Nothing good. Nothing good. So, so JJ, you mentioned uh, this fall, you think the volatility is going to continue. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so I guess kind of more more or less of the same uh, going into the new year. You're thinking? I I think so. I think so because, you know, I you know we talked to Michael and 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 guy and he was you know I was like, how much more Apple could these people buy? Right, like seriously, I mean, BlackRock owns what a billion shares of Apple. Uh, Fidel, you know, some of these companies, the, the holdings, like, you know, they they've got so much. They've got Apple coming out their nose. You know, Vanguard's got 1.2 billion shares. BlackRock's got a billion and Buffett's got 900 million shares. They're full, you know, and they're not, they're holding it for 20 or 30 years. So a lot of these big, big companies, you don't have a lot of initiative buying. Maybe if the stock gets cut in half, people will add, right? But it's, uh, you know, so right now we're in the, when there's a vacuum in markets, right? It's like, those momentum traders, they come in there. It's like you throw a bunch of chum in the water and the sharks come, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And and they're taking advantage of the fact that these markets don't have a shock absorber. So they have huge ranges. So these guys can pile in, you know, buy their inventory at a certain price and then shut off the selling and sell it 20 points higher, you know, in a day. You know, if you're trading 5,000, 10,000 e-mini contracts, you know, 
and you're selling those all the way up on, you know, scaling them out, you, you know, these guys are making some serious money and they're using a lot of credit to trade with too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you were, when you were talking with um, Michael, I believe you guys were um, kind of discussing how like the large, like the real large uh, money managers are not putting much capital to use that were more, you know, it may be contributing to the volatilities, maybe some of these like smaller hedge funds um, oh, yeah. or short term players playing this. Yeah, now, definitely. Now, let's say this, JJ, when, when what would you be looking for uh, to to know that we now the big money is starting to enter into the market? And, and I realize this could be like a while or, or I, whatever. I, we don't know. But what maybe what would we be ranges. looking for? Smaller, smaller ranges. Range. Small yeah. ranges, you know, because I was asking Michael, how the hell do you buy size in a 90, 100 point range, right? Yeah. It, it's, it's so hard. And, you know, for these guys, they go in to buy 5 million shares of a stock, they move it, you know, 3% just with their buy order, right? So th- that, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for some of that. And, then, you know, after this quarter, we'll be looking at, look to see those 13 Fs and see, you know, what's going on. But, I, I'm not seeing a lot of capital being committed, especially in, in an interest rate environment that's moving higher. Um, you know, so it's it's just it's so much speculative money out there. There there is so much money out there right now, and so much borrowed money that's being bounced around out here. Um, the lack of liquidity is is just. I, I think there's a huge lack of liquidity. You look at Apple. You know, Apple's only traded 34 billion shares. It's got a float of 16 billion shares, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, if you went to go sell, try and sell 100 million shares of Apple today, you know, there, there'd be some fussing, you know, as, as, as one of our buddies in the room would say. You know, it doesn't, it, it's not a liquid. I mean, if, if, say, if BlackRock needed to sell 10% of their position, right, that, that would be ugly, right? You know, the, the, the stock doesn't trade um, enough average daily volume to absorb a big seller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? Yeah. You know, you know, this is the first year, JJ. I, I haven't really been seeing too much uh, pet clothing advertised. So <laughs> I'm like, damn, we must be in some tough times now, man. <laughs> you know, pe- people are, you know, people are starting to cut back, you know, like in, in England now, people's energy bills are starting to jump. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, uh you know, all that sort of extracurricular free money is starting to dry up, you know. Uh, you know, three, $400 billion on Halloween pet costumes might not be the way to go this year. You know, it's, um, it, it's, it's a different, you know, cheap money makes people do crazy things. You know, you saw people rush into stocks and just buy them blindly and say that they're never going to sell them. Yeah. You know, and then and lose their entire investment. Um, and it's it's just... You know, it's it's tough to see. You know, I mean, that's the way markets are. But you know, it's tough when you. This is the first time. This is the my first time where we're going into a situation like this where I've been actually talking to retail people, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's it's kind of hard to see what people are going through. You know. Yeah. 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 Tough times. Um, interesting times. Um, we'll see. We'll see where we go from here. Yep. Um. You know, these people with the pet clothing, man, it's somewhat, you know, because, you know, I have the Husky, JJ, right? Oh, yeah. Listeners, you know, I got I got a Husky. And, um, you know, this person asked me the other day, like, oh, like, you know, Halloween's coming up. You're going to get you're going to get a costume for Coco. 
I'm like, <laughs> it tilts me so much because like I'm like this dog has two coats of fur. I live yeah, in Florida, it- and you want me to put a dress on the dog? <laughs> That's cruel. I feel like it's oh. cruel. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't get the dress up your pet thing. I know we're gonna get, you know, people upset about that, but I, I don't, I, I grew up. I had Newfoundlands, and they are like 180 pounds. They're like Black Saint Bernards, and uh, you know, I, I just, you know, I just can't imagine putting a dog like that in a costume, you know. No, but anyway, no, 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 yeah. no. But hey, if you want to dress up your pet, that's you know, it's cute. Go it's ahead. Fun. Don't. I guess, I we guess don't so. want the complaint letters. Right? Yeah. yeah <laughs> But I was like looking at this person, like like this blasphemy. I'm like this 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 dog. I already tortured this dog. You know what I mean? Yeah, living yeah. in Florida. Exactly. You want me to throw some clothes on the dog. Come on. Yeah, that dog should be pulling a sled in Edmonton. Yeah, that was, you know? she pulls me on the walks, man. It's incredible. Like she does not stop. Like <laughs> I'm like trying to rein her in. But JJ, I guess any anything else? Any other thoughts before we get going here? Oh man, um, just you know, for people out there that that are that are trying to figure this business out and try to make a living just, you know, really do your research and, and, and reach out to people who know, try and get, you know, try and learn stuff and not just from those YouTube videos, um, you know, from some guy standing next to his Lamborghini. Uh, although I'm sure that's starting to fade out now too. Mm-hmm. spend some time, do more research on where you're going to put your money. And, um, you know, like I, like they used to say, measure three times before you cut once. Uh, just, you know, be a little careful out there going into the, into the year end here. Um, you know, um, and it, it, it we're, we're going to change. Things are going to change. We've, we've had a, a business cycle with low interest rates and, and that's coming, you know, to an end. We'll see what the hike is like today. But uh, just, you know, be a little bit more careful with your money these days, folks. That that's that's my advice. Well said, and that's going to conclude today's episode of Confessions of a Market Maker. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please rate and review it for us. If you guys would like to get funded, if you guys would like to join a supportive and a professional community of traders, you can join JJ and myself at microefutures.com. So for the gorilla of House Street. I'm Paulie Walnuts. You stop, though. So.